Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. You know, I've, um, Zach and Heather were with us for a long time. He sh- they shared that with you. And, and um, you know, it's, it's always a, it's a, you have mixed feelings when, when ministry goes out from, from the church because you're just grateful to God for, for what he's doing and for, you know, he leads us from glory to glory and to be excited about the next phase. But then you miss, you know, family and friends and um, you value, you know, their, their value to the, to, the, to the local church. And, um, you know, I just want to say, you know, you've got a, an awesome team here, awesome couple. And um, to value, value their ministry, you know, if you value the man and woman of God, it'll go well with you. I mean, there's something about that. If you value the, the pastor of, that, of your church, you know, value, does that mean they're perfect? No. They're going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Stand behind them. If they make mistakes, cover them. Cover them. Don't, don't sow seeds of discord. You stand behind them, love them, support them. And um, if you, if you know, if it's, does that mean they're always per- right? No. If there's, if there's some, if, if you ever have leadership that's really off, go to them in private and talk to them, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and God will restore and do what needs to take place. So anyway, thank you guys for having us. And, um, you know, I want to just, um, it's working now. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I'm, I have a problem with my hand microphones. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's an issue that I have, personal issue that I have with hand microphones. But anyway, just humor me with my, my custom right now. I'm going to ask everybody to stand back up. And um, just for my own personal benefit, I want to just spend some time praying and just, um, just welcoming the Lord, acknowledging his presence here. Lord, we thank you, God. Thank you for Celebration Church in Akron, Ohio, Father. Thank you for the hand of God. Thank you for the years of ministry here. But Father God, we thank you, Lord. You've always, just like you began your ministry, Lord, it says you saved the best for last. And Father, we thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You're the author and you're the finisher, Lord God, of our faith. Thank you, Lord, for the years, Lord, the, the legacy here, Lord, the things that happened in the earliest days of this church. But, Father, we thank you that you've saved the best for last like you always do, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that there be a seed of expectancy. Lord, a seed of expectancy, Lord God. A seed of expectancy would be planted in each heart, Lord God, each person, Lord, that you've planted in this congregation, Lord Jesus. Lord, a seed of expre- expectancy that would grow up and begin to, to um, blossom and, Lord God, grow into a mighty tree, Lord God, a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, that an expectation an expectation of things to come that would just begin to breathe into in the lives, into the hearts of the leadership of this church and the members of this church, Father. Thank you, God, for a fresh fire, like Paul said to Timothy, to stir up the gift of God that he'd received through the laying on of hands. And Father, let that take place in our hearts, even this morning, God. Stir up, stir up. Lord, clarify things that seem cloudy, God. Give us clarity of vision. Father, we can see, Lord God, that we are here for such a time as this, Lord Jesus. This this is our moment, God. 
Thank you, God. Lord God, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart, God. Open the eyes of our hearts. Give us ears to hear, Lord Jesus, and a heart to love you, Lord, a passion for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you, Lord. You know, I've got so many different things um, in my heart today. Um, you know, I really, I wish, I really wish I had more time because I really don't know which way to go right now, to be honest with you, um, because there's um, so many things I wish I could share with you. Um, I'm going to just start with a very simple passage. Um, if any of you guys have, I know you've studied, um, I think Heather was teaching for my book at some point on the, on the Holy Spirit. And um, you know, some, I'm just going to share with you a little bit this, as we get started. I had one, one, one guy liked it there. Thank you. The rest of you, I'm going to make you really miserable because I'm going to share from it right now. <laughs> but anyway... You know, I shared yesterday a little bit about, about my testimony and, and the role the prayer language has been in my life. You know, I, I pray in tongues. Paul said he, he was um, talking to the church in Corinth, you know, bringing correction about the use of spiritual gifts in the church there. And, and he told them he prayed in tongues more than all of them. So Paul prayed in tongues a lot. And, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's one of the things that in your personal life, that you can't, it can't, it can't, there's no such thing as spiritual excess. I mean, you know, you can, you can't, you can't, you can't drink too much of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can drink as much as you want. You can drink as much of the new wine as you want. You can soak in his presence as much, as much as you want. And the more you get in, in his presence, the more you're going to be changed. There's a transformation that takes place. You know, one of the scriptures that I keep referencing to, 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul said that we'd be transformed in the ESV Bible, it says, from one degree of glory to the next, from glory to glory, from one degree of glory. So there's a, Paul's talking about an increasing transformation, an increasing transformation or an, an increased um, uh, revelation or experience of the anointing of God in our life. The anointing is real, and it can increase. You know, there was a, a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit that really um, affected my life, and it really affected the world. Um, I, I was grateful to God to be part of it in 1994, and, and, and like I shared yesterday, traveled all over the world and was able to impart revival all over the world. It was, it was one of the most incredible seasons of my life. It was awesome. And uh, one of the things that I learned from that was the anointing is tangible and it can increase in our lives. And, you know, I had people ask me over and over again because, you know, thousands of people got touched. Thousands of pastors got touched. We had a revival in our church in, um, in, in January of February of 1995. And there was over 200 ministers in that, that came into that meeting that were touched by the, by the power of the Holy Ghost in a very significant way. But very few weeks and months and years later continued to walk in it. They thought it was just a great experience. You know, like my wife was talking about the marathon race yesterday and they're, they're in the race and they thought it was just the water table. You go get one drink, you're there for a few seconds and then you get back in the race again. That's what they thought it was. And they didn't realize that it's actually, you can live in the anointing. We, we're, Paul told us to walk in the spirit. 
you know, to walk under, to, and to, to let that be part of our life, to increase. And, and the prayer language in my personal life is, is the way I've been able to maintain that, one of the ways that I've been able to maintain that. I was asked over and over again, how do you stay in the anointing? How do you keep your church in the anointing? Well, worship is at the heart of it. Soaking in the Word of God a lot. Studying the Scriptures is a lot of it. Praying in the heavenly language is a lot of it. In our, in our world today, the, in, our, in the Christian culture today, the, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues has been, been kind of put on the side. It's like a, it's extra. It's a cherry on top that you can do or do without. And, and if, you do, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't ever do it in church. You might scare somebody. Well, who you're going to scare is the old dry Christians. That's who you're going to scare. You won't scare the new people. They love it. That's why they came in the first place. They want something supernatural. They've heard all the six ways to success. They can get on every television story. They've heard all of that. They want something real. I want something real. Your heart hungers for something real. My heart hungers for something real. I need something that will sustain me on the dark day. When Katrina comes knocking at your door, you need something that will sustain you on that day. When you get a bad medical report, you need something that will sustain you on that day. And what sustains me is the touch of God on my life. So I, I pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and there's, uh, let me give you just a few scriptures that come to me. I don't have any. This is totally not what I was preparing to do at all this morning. But I'm going to just share some scriptures with you this morning. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, um, Paul talks about prayer, or four, 14, you can go in either way, but it's all good. Four, 1 Corinthians 14, let's see, um, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Wow, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. This is for all Christians. To earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Wow. That's powerful. And he wants, that's what I hope happens. I hope there's a, a seed planted in your heart today where you begin to have the beginnings of a desire for more of the anointing in your life. Yeah. Or you can say, I earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he says, uh, and he says, especially that you might prophesy. He says there's something special about, about the, the prophesying, the gift of prophecy. And he's encouraging the church in Corinth for all of them to pursue that gift. He talked about it in, in 1 Corinthians 14. This is really interesting. It's almost um, 1 Corinthians 14, 13 and 14. He talks about prophecy and praying in tongues. He says, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I going to do? Well, I'll pray with the spirit, but I'll pray with my mind also. I'll sing with, the, I will praise with my spirit, and I'll sing with my mind also. Now, this is, you know, the way I view this, it's almost like practicing. This is a good way to develop spiritual gifts all by yourself. So it doesn't matter if you goof up. In your private prayer closet, you got the door closed, nobody can hear, you start singing in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Then you start singing out what comes to your mind. Scripture starts coming to your mind. My soul shall magnify the Lord. I cried to the Lord from a horrible pit, and he heard my cry, and he lifted me out, brought me into a wide place of deliverance. And then you sing in the Spirit, and you start singing in your natural language. 
If you start, if you start digging around there long enough, you'll, you'll find yourself stepping into the anointing. Most people don't spend enough time. You spend enough time doing that, digging around, you'll step into the anointing. And then you'll, not only will you be edified as you pray in tongues, but you'll, God will start to speak to you out of your own words as your scripture is coming back to you and God's putting his anointing on you and the words coming out. Paul talked about this. He said, covet the spiritual gifts, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And this is the way you, you develop it, by, by praying more in your heavenly language. You know that my wife asked everybody yesterday to put your hands on your belly. I, I don't think anybody did, but she asked you to. And you, it's good to listen when the preacher says something. But, but put, put, when you put your hands on your belly, Jesus said out of your belly. He's talking about your innermost being. Out of your innermost being will, will flow rivers of living water. Well, that's where the, the prayer language comes from. It comes from your deepest part of you, the deepest part of you. The things that are beyond your mind, beyond your comprehension, comes out of there. And as you start to, that's, that's where the gifts of the Spirit, they flow out of that same place. And, and you, as you pray in tongues, you get, you get familiar with the anointing. You start to get more familiar with the, with the anointing and the flow of the Holy Spirit. And if you're, if you're in the Word of God, then Scripture will start to come alive to you. And you'll start, to, you'll start to learn how to, to minister out of that. That's where, this is how you touch people, out of, out of your belly. It's not out of your mind. It's not being smarter than them, them and out, out arguing them about creation science or whatever. All that's good, but that's not how you're going to win a soul. You win a soul out of your belly, out of, the, out of the anointing, out of the love of God touching people's hearts. What's real to you comes out and touches someone else. So anyway... I'm going back. I'm getting way off track. First, First Corinthians 14. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Now listen, listen carefully to that. That people sometimes turn that into a negative, but this is this is so important. It's it's this way on purpose. When you pray in tongues, you don't understand it. No one else understands it because you're not supposed to understand it. And no one else is supposed to understand it. Because the problem that we have, the problems that one of the biggest problems that we have is our own mind. That's our problem. And what this is, this is God's way of bypassing your mind on purpose. We call it, uh, we, and just like you've heard of, 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 of a heart bypass surgery. Well, this is brain bypass surgery is what this is. And we all need, a, you, we need to have our brains bypassed by the Holy Ghost and then renewed by the Holy Ghost. So he says, um, one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. I love this. Oh, yes, I'm uttering mysteries in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm uttering mysteries in the Spirit. What is mysteries? The, the Message Bible says um, divine intimacies. I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking to God intimate things, the hidden things of my heart. Oh, you know what this is? The, the heavenly language is the restoration of divine communication. Oh, it, it happened by the blood of Jesus when Christ came into your life. But I'm talking about experiential. I'm talking about stepping into the reality of what happened to you by the blood. The blood of Jesus opened up heaven for you. The prayer language begins to open up this opportunity for you to, to have dialect with God on the most intimate level. 
Oh, yeah. And you start praying in the Holy Ghost. And you begin to, some, what will start to happen is you, as you press in and pray in tongues for more extended periods of time, you'll become more aware of the kingdom of God. You know, the reason some of this stuff sounds like foreign language to people is because you're not familiar with the kingdom of God. You believe in it, in theory, but Christianity is not just theory or philosophy. It's not cunningly devised fables. It's not just principles and precepts and creeds. It's the reality of God. The kingdom of God is here amongst us. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. The blood of Jesus has taken away our sins and and ripped the veil in two so that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and begin to enter into the very tangible presence of God. The Holy Ghost has been poured out on all flesh. And we can step into the reality of that. Yeah, we can. You can. You can. You can live this way. It's the new and living way, Paul said, we can live our lives under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with you today, I, I'm begging you, I'm, I'm, I'm a voice crying out to you like a voice in the wilderness, come in, come in, come in, come in, the veil's been torn, there's another way to live your life, there's a new and living way, there's more, yeah, you've tasted, yeah, you've pray, prayed the, in, the prayer, in your heavenly language, yes, you've tasted the edge of it, but I'm telling you there's more, launch out into the deep, launch out into the deep, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch, God wants to do something supernatural in your life and through your life. He wants to do something supernatural in Akron, Ohio, through Celebration Church. It's going to flow out of your belly. It's not going to come from the outside. It's not going to come because a special speaker came to town or or you instituted a special program. It's going to come out of your belly, out of the love of God pouring out of you, touching, hurting people that are all around you. Amen. Can you hear me this morning? So I'm calling you to come in, come into his presence. So this is um, this t- is talking about. So it says that if I pray in tongues, my, my I, I'm not praying to men, for no one understands him. But I'm uttering, uttering mysteries in the spirit. So I'm I'm well, I'm communicating. I'm communicating with God. And then it goes on and says, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself or edifies himself. Now that's awesome. Edify, edify. A week ago means to to build a house, to build a house. To build a house. I'm, I'm building a house in my belly. I'm, I'm, edif- I'm an edifice. I'm being built up. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm growing in the Lord. Wow, what an awesome concept. I'm not stagnant. You know, one, one of the, the, the miserable things about pastoring is, and this is, you know, I shared yesterday after pastoring 16 years and before, and I started to want out of the ministry. We've now been in New Orleans over 36 years pastoring there now. And, and I want, but I, after 16, I wanted out. You know why? I was tired of looking at miserable faces every Sunday morning. <laughs> That's why I wanted out. They could get offended and leave. I had a whole list of people I was offended at, but I couldn't leave. <laughs> I needed to be changed. I was tired of looking at miserable faces. And I was tired of looking at my own miserable face in the mirror before I went to preach to the miserable faces in the congregation. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I was. I really, I really, really was. And some, but that, and then I, I recognized this is not what has to happen. It changes. I have to change. The pastor has to change. I have to be filled. I have to be. I may have to be happy with God and not, 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 de- not my satisfaction not determined by my circumstances. You know, and and then I, I. I Building myself up in the most holy faith. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Being edified. Growing stronger and stronger in the Lord. And becoming a, a, a strong man or woman of God. You, you can grow up in Christ. You can grow up. You don't have to be a 65-year-old baby Christian. You can grow up in Christ. And move on in the things of God. Just because you've been there a number of years doesn't mean you've ever grown. You gotta grow. Get, uh, you know, I, I want you to get a hold of God for yourself. Get a hold of God for yourself, so you can be satisfied with God. Amen. Amen. So uh, let me share another scripture with you. Well, I'm just digging around here this morning. Romans, uh, Romans chapter eight. We're just digging around in, in the well and see what happens this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, this is my favorite scripture. Not my favorite. Every, every scripture is my favorite scripture when I'm sharing about it. <laughs> right now, this is my favorite one. <laughs> Romans 8, 26. I love this. If you read all the, the non-spirit-filled commentaries, they all say this is not talking about tongues because they don't want it to be. But, it's, but that's what it's talking about. <laughs> Likewise, Paul says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. In our weaknesses, this is, this, is t- this is pretty all-inclusive. All of us have weaknesses. Might be somebody here today ch- being tempted to fall into to immorality. Maybe somebody's already fallen in. You can't get your eyes off the, the porno on the internet. This will help you overcome that. Maybe you're struggling with alcohol, or maybe you're struggling with, with, with whatever, whatever it is, cigarettes, or what, whatever it might be, whatever's you know, going on in your life. Struggling with your marriage, you just can't seem to, struggling with your language, just the weaknesses in your life. So this, this it says, uh, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Well, well, how does he do that? He says, for we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, too deep for our natural words. There's things that are, that are going on in your life that you don't have words for. But God does. When you pray in tongues, it's not you who prays. It's the Holy Ghost who's praying through you. He wants to use your, 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 your vocal cords to pray for yourself, to intercede for yourself. And he, that's, that's, how he, that's how he comes and helps us. And this is the, this is the, I always, this is the funniest word. You've probably heard it before, but I love, I love just saying that the word helps in the Bible. There's several different words. It's translated for helps. One in... Um, Hebrews helps is the word. It's a nautical term that means to be frapped. If you don't know what frapped is, it means to tie the boat up so it doesn't break up. It's the word helps. And Paul talks about that in Hebrews. But in this passage, he's talking about a different word. It's this, I love this. Soon anti-lambanamite. <laughs> kind of like anti-establishment, anti-establishment dystarianism or, or supercalifragilistic expialidocious or something like that. It's soon anti-lambanamize, what it, the words. It's translated in the English Bible, helps. <laughs> but it's a very specific kind of help. 
It's a very specific, very descriptive kind of help. What, what this soon anti-lambanamide means is to join together with you. It's like a picture of tug of war. You're a tug of war. The other side's stronger than you. The other about to drag you into the pit. And then someone grabs a hold of the rope and starts pulling with you, pulling against. They're helping you, pulling against. That's what this is describing. Pulling together with you against. So this is describing the kind of help the Holy Spirit gives us when we begin to step into that other realm, step into the kingdom realm, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying over ourselves. We don't know how to pray for ourselves. We don't know. We're at the end of our rope. We don't know what to do. We don't know to do about our kids or our finances or our, our health or our business or our marriage or, or the struggle that we're going through with our lust or whatever it is. But we step over. And we begin to cast our cares on the Lord and we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray more than, more than 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Just press in, press in and press in and press in. Because, you know, let, let's face it, most of us are stuck. You get stuck with no anointing in your prayer language and then it sounds stupid and you stop using it. You're tired of, of shando, shando, shando. You're tired of sha-na-na-na-na-na, sha-na-na-na. Tired of that. Tired of the Shanana thing. So it's, there's, no, there's no fluent thing, there's, so there's no anointing in it. You have to step over. You have to plow. You have to keep drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling until you strike oil, until it starts to flow. And once you strike oil and start to flow, then things start to happen in your life. It starts to happen then. Yeah. Yes, it does. Sorian de Masta Ketore Bastambra Kalarostamande Kistiandara Masta. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm gonna this is just kind of Mike I just I wanna read this one story from the Bible. It's about worship. You know, um, this is in John chapter twelve. Paris made reference to this yesterday. Mary of Bethany. And we're, I'm t we're talking about pure worship. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. He's looking for real. He's not looking for just a slick program, a slick worship team, singing the greatest slick songs that make churches grow. He's looking for hearts. That's what he's looking for a poured out heart. He's looking for something real. From the depth, the deepest part of you, to where you, get, where you become like a child and begin to pour it out. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. So anyway, so this, this is, what an awesome story. This is the conflict of all conflicts. I, I, I see that, you know, this story, this, this story is the, the, took place just a couple days before Jesus was crucified. Jesus was gathered together with his, with his closest disciples at his friend's house, and Lazarus was there. Lazarus, just a couple, few days before this, everyone knows Lazarus, right? Lazarus was dead. He was dead for four days, and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. That's, that was what really made the Pharisees mad. And especially the Sadducees. The Sadducees really got bad. They didn't believe in miracles or people being raised from the dead or the resurrection or any of that. They were furious and they determined they were going to kill Jesus and Lazarus, both. And so Jesus, just a few days before they killed him, he was, 
At Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house, Lazarus is sitting there reclining. Can you imagine? Do you think, can you imagine the look on Lazarus' face? <laughs> Woo! He was happy, a happy man. <laughs> He was, he was sitting there, but, but there was one guy in the room, Mary, Mary of Bethany went and took her most precious possession. She had been saving this. It could have been saved for her wedding day or whatever. The Bible says it was worth a year's wage. It's just whatever you make in a year. Say, say it's worth thirty or $40,000. A year's wage is what it was worth. Very pricey perfume. She went and broke the box. And she began to do the, 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 the she, it was, this was radical. She broke the box. She began to pour it on Jesus' head. She began to pour it on his feet. And then she began to wash his feet with her tears with, and with her hair. This is, this, you don't do this kind of stuff in church. She was, this was unacceptable. This was, you're supposed to say stiff and praise God, hallelujah, you know, Glory. We had a great service. But any, any expression is like frowned on because you're weird and radical. Well, she was weird and radical. And Judas didn't like it. Judas didn't. Of all people, Judas, he was offended by her passion. That's what happened. You read the story. He was offended by her passion. And so he began to make excuses. This woman is wasting good money. She's wasting money. Jesus, why are you letting her do this? It says he began to confront and rebuke Jesus. Why are you allowing this woman? You read it in the other Gospels and you'll find out I'm telling you the truth. He was offended. And conf- can you imagine confronting the Son of God and trying to tell him you're doing it wrong? Judas was out of touch, he had no revelation. He, he had missed what the kingdom was about. He thought kingdom was a political kingdom. He thought it was to make him more powerful. He thought it was so he could live his best life now. That's what he thought it was. Is anyone listening to me out there? It's not about this world here alone. It's about the kingdom come. It's about, about forgiveness of sins, about mercy, about the word of God, about his presence. So it was a confrontation. And Mary, Judas is attacking Mary. And Jesus stepped in the middle and said, leave her alone. He says, what she's done will be told about. And every, every person where this gospel is preached, everywhere, what she's done is going to be told of. He says, she's anointing my body for burial. That's what he says. She had a revelation of worship. She had a revelation of, of, of the cross. Judas didn't want the cross. She recognized she was a sinner in need of a savior. And she was grateful that Jesus had, had died for her sins. That his blood, he was going to die for her sins. That his blood was going to be poured out for her sins. And she was at his feet, worshiping him. That you're more valuable than this $40,000 uh, b- bottle of ointment that I have. You're valuable to me. You're precious to me because of who you are. Your word is important. I want to sit at your feet and listen to your words. Your anointing is important to me. I want to sit at your your feet and and just get as close as I can to get under your anointing. Do, Do you value the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Do you value his presence? Do you recognize his presence? Do you, do you value it more than silver or gold or, or success or large churches or, or, or a big budget? 
Do you value his presence more precious than anything in this world? You know, when the, when the Lord touched me in 1994, I was laying on the floor in our church, and the Lord asked me a question. You know what he said, asked me? He says, he says if, if what you've experienced these last 16 years, the success that you've had, if this is all there is, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? Can you be satisfied with me alone, no matter what? And he's, his glory, his presence was there all, was all, all over me, the glory of his presence. The presence of God. The presence of God is real. It's valuable. So this, John said that the, the house, in John 12, I think it's in verse 3, or yes, it says 3, says the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. This fragrance was unignorable. It was so strong. As a matter of fact, you think about it. If you, we're not talking about the cheap stuff. We're talking about the real stuff. A little dab and you're going to smell it for a while. And you start putting whole covering your body, it's going to be on you for days. This smell was on, Je- this smell was on Jesus when he went to the cross. It just, it was on him. This was the incredible fragrance. The house was filled with it. It was unignorable. To some, it was irresistible. To some, it caused hatred. It erupted. Where pe- it, it exposed people's hearts. Exposed where they were at. It exposed the, the sin in Judah's heart. From that day he went out. He went out and, and turned Jesus in as a result of what Mary did. He went out and betrayed him. He couldn't take anymore. He was offended by the anointing. Wow. Wow. So many churches have been offended by the anointing. What do we meet for? Just to get instructions? What do we meet for? What what is the church for in the first place? Ephesians 2 says it's the habitation. We we exist to be a habitation of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. He's very real. His presence is real. And God is seeking worshipers. He's seeking worshipers. He's seeking people that that will worship him and love him and, and honor him and know him. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, no, I'm not talking about just praying. And t- Let me ask that question a little bit better. Are you currently filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you currently filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with God? Are you, are you fulfilling what Jesus said when he said to abide in Christ? Do you, do you know what it means to walk in the Spirit? Yeah. It's very, it's very powerful to me. Very powerful. So this confrontation that took place there between Judas and Mary, I see this as a a picture, a picture of the body of Christ, a picture of the conflict that's raging right now in the body of Christ. Mary's voice is kind of quiet right now, and Judas is yelling loud and clear. You're wasting. People think that you're wasting yourself when you start to value the anointing. They think it's a waste of time. They think praying in tongues is a waste of time. It's not really that important. Oh, it's okay if you want to. Do it in your prayer closets. Oh, no, 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 no. 
day of Pentecost. They were all gathered in one place and they began to praise God. They were samarit. The whole place was filled and they all began to speak with other tongues. They weren't all preaching in another language, another language. They were praising God in heavenly languages. They were magnifying God. Acts chapter 10, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit in Cornelius' house and they began to magnify God, all of them, and they were speaking with other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, when Paul laid his hands on the people in, in Ephesus, those 12 men in Ephesus, they begin to speak in other tongues and they begin to, to prophesy, all of them. It's, it's part of what we are. Pentecost is, is a basic part of orthodox Christianity. It's very basic. Amen, it's basic. So, you know, God is, God, the Lord, I, I, I believe that there is a, I, I feel like God has spoken to me over these last few years and I think there's a huge huge surprise coming for the body of Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, each wave, you go back and study revivals, and each wave of the Holy Spirit is, they've been very similar, but each have carried some of its own little unique characteristics. You know, and you go back to Azusa Street, Azusa Street was, was characterized by the heavenly language. And if you go back and read some of the eyewitness accounts of what took place there, the, the thing that stood out the most was this, this singing in the spirit. It says that it was, it was coming out of their chest, is what they said. It was like coming some, somewhere down in here. This this singing in the spirit, corporately singing in the spirit. Very powerful. And I think that the Lord, I think there's something coming, like it talks about in, in Isaiah. He says, with stammering lips and another tongue. I'm going to speak to this generation. There's a new generation of, of people, of young people, of people under 30 that's coming up that needs to, to see and hear a Pentecostal wave of the Holy Ghost. He's going to speak to this generation with stammering lips and with another tongue. It's coming full on again. I, I believe that Christ is coming. Our world is getting dark. Jesus is not going to sit back. He, he's going to do something unusual. He saved the best for last. Why not, if, why not here? Why not now? Why not pour out your spirit one more time? Why does it have to be somebody else? Why can't you be right in the middle of it? Why can't he pour out his spirit on you? Why can't you begin to grow up in the Holy Ghost and, and be a, a vessel that he uses to touch your neighborhood and your family and your city for God? Why does it have to be somebody else? Doesn't it have to be some famous TV preacher? You know who Brother William Seymour was? Does anyone even know who he was? He was the son of a slave from St. Mary Parish, just south of New Orleans. The son of a slave. One eye. He'd lost one of his eyes with a sickness. And he ended up getting, he couldn't, he, could, he went to school in Kansas and went to school in Houston. Couldn't go in the classroom. He had to sit out in the hall because he was African American. He was black. He had to sit in the hall. He wasn't welcome there. And he ended up in Los Angeles, California. They, he went out for a church out there. They kicked him out of that because he was preaching about the baptism with the Holy Ghost that would be evidenced with speaking in other tongues. And finally, it came and it hit like fire. And over 18 months, literally, the world came. 1906, people came from everywhere. They couldn't get in a, at 747 and fly to Los Angeles. They couldn't even get in their car. They might have got on a train and gone over there or gotten a boat from, but missionaries came from all over the world. 
And if for 18 months, fire came down and it spread all over the world, it's still around. It's raging in the world today. America's sitting there with its finger in its ear thinking it's all about whatever it is. Put it in the back room somewhere and let's live our best life now. Forget about it. Full-on Pentecost is what the revival is about. It's about Azusa Street. It's about tongues of fire. It's about rushing mighty wind. It's about people unashamed of the fire of God. Unashamed of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Unashamed to lay hands on the sick. Unashamed to cast out devils. Unashamed of their heavenly language. Unashamed of Jesus. Unashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. How about you? Stir up the gift of God. You know, the last letter that Paul wrote, he wrote to his son in the Lord, Timothy. He wrote it the last hours before he, before he, before he died. And he had left, left his son in the Lord, Timothy, to pastor a church in Ephesus. Probably the greatest church at that time. Big old church in Ephesus. And they were starting to get hammered and persecution was starting to break out. And Paul was telling Timothy not to be ashamed, not to be afraid. And then he said, Timothy, Timothy, my son. Woo! He said, stir up. Stir up the gift of God that you received through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flame. Don't let it go dim. Don't let it go into the back burner. T Timothy, the fire's coming in Ephesus. I'm, I've run my race. I've finished my course. I'm about to, to go to heaven. They were about to kill Paul, but he's telling Timothy, don't back off now. Don't back off now. Stir up the gift of God in your belly, belly Timothy. And he reminded him. He, he painted a picture. Timothy, remember when he was a teenager? When Paul came to Lystra in, in the Galatian region. And Paul laid his hands on that teenager. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Began to speak with other tongues. Paul said, remember Timothy, when you were just a child. And I laid my hands on you. Stir that gift up in your belly, Timothy. Stir it up. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir up the fire, stir up the fire of God. Akron needs the fire of God. The United States needs the fire of God. We need a Pentecostal outpouring. We're unashamed of the Holy Ghost, unashamed of the baptism with the Holy Ghost. We need it again. Why not here? Why not now? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and pray together, y'all. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just stir up. Yeah, let's just follow Paul's instructions to Timothy. Just stir it up right now. If you're, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, just let, the, let it just bubble up out of you. Just for your own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm going to do right now? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pretend right now. I'm going to pretend. I want you to pretend with me. We're going to pretend that we've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. None of us. That we're all brand new baby little birdie Christians. We're so excited and wide open. We're so wide open and hungry for more of God. And you've heard that there's something more than, than just 
praying the sinner's prayer. And you've heard that there's something more than just having good information. You've heard that there's actually power available. And it starts with this thing called baptism in the Holy Ghost. And, and you, you really, really know that you got it when the, when the thing starts bubbling out, when the heavenly language starts to bubble out of your belly. So that's me, that's you, that's all of us. We're here, we're little baby birds and we need to be filled. <laughs> we need to get under the shadow of his wings and let him come. So let's just right now, just pray, just, just pray this, say, say, Heavenly Father, wash all of my sins away. Cleanse me now in the precious blood of Jesus. Fill my life. Lord, I open my life up to you. Fill me now, Lord Jesus. Jesus, fill me now. Fill me now with your presence. Wash me, Lord God. Wash me with your presence. Wash me and renew me, Lord God. We praise you, 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 God. Now, you know, it's, we, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. When, when Lazarus was raised from, raised from the dead, somebody had to roll away the stone. When the lame man was healed, somebody had to pick up the pallet and walk. You know, someone, when the withered, man with the withered hand, he had to stretch forth his hand. And we, we release our faith by, by beginning to worship him with our, with our mouth and with our body. So just right now, out loud, just begin to praise him out loud with me as we, we're all going to pray at the same time. If you don't know what to say, you can start with, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And as you do that, if you'll pray with your mouth and get your tongue engaged, this this you'll begin to have a, a, an, an urge to, to say things and praise God in another, another dialect that you might not even be comfortable with or know. Just let it come. Out loud. You have to speak out loud. Jesus, I praise you, God. I praise you, wonderful Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. You're my God. Just praise Him. Oh, yeah, just let that language bubble up out of your belly right now. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More Lord, kanda mamande masotondo, kanda ramaseri alalamaste, yekora mastenda yete, ya rombosti ambalea, yari yari andera samarandara, yeramanda alalamosonde, biandere yamasori andamase, yeri andalalamasori andalalamase, yarandara mande. Yarandara mande rama, yarandala la la ma sorry la 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 mande, yasori andala la la ma. More Lord, just let His anointing come on you right now. His presence is falling in this room. Just let it come on you right now. Just press in. Close your eyes and lift your hands. Let the anointing come upon you right now. It's going to deepen in your life. Yande ya, yande ma serama, yande ramando, yande ramasela maso. Kerarama serama, yerandaria mosorianda masse, yeramasorama, yerialarama sorialarama masse, yerandalarama soko. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining the celebration podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7000.
888-788-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.